Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a different member of the Magic the Gathering community every single episode, where we talk about our tips, tricks, tragedies, and triumphs as we play Magic Arena. Well, everyone, as you listen to this episode of the podcast, Zendikar Rising has risen. So we have a chance to play with the latest and greatest cards in paper, if you're able to get them in paper. Now, last week was the pre-release, so if you were able to get a pre-release pack, you might have already been playing with real-life cards. And before that, on Wednesday, there was the Early Access Streamer event. So shout out to Wizards of the Coast. Thank you for inviting me on that and like 900 other people to play uh, Zendikar Rising before anyone else. As a matter of fact, I met a, a very cool person that also was playing and streaming uh, Zendikar Rising, and uh, she's my guest at the moment. Please welcome Angle of Reason. Hello! So we've got a lot of magic to talk about, but first, how are you doing? How has your your week gone so far after we started to play magic on, after we started to play Zendikar on Arena? Honestly, I took the pre-access event and I just like threw myself at it, like... <laughs> I started the moment they gave it to me and ran it for like 10 or 11 hours. Ah. And so by the time the stream was over, I just went, oh, I can't handle anymore. For like three <laughs> days, I was like, oh, no, no magic. No, no yeah. magic. I can't do it. So uh, we started getting back into it uh, yesterday doing doing drafts. Uh-huh. Yeah, too much of a good thing. You know, everything, how does the saying go? Uh, everything in moderation, even moderation. <laughs> well, and it was more of, uh, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of streamers, and a lot of the other streamer friends that I know drop their streams for the day uh, mm -hmm. to come and support my stream. Uh, one uh, even edited, uh, was a moderator for my channel for the whole day, passing out codes and mm -hmm. uh, doing things for the drawing. And so I really felt like I should break for the next couple of days since they all break mm -hmm. from their streams to visit mine and just spend a couple of days lurking and promoting mm -hmm. their streams so well let's promote your streams what are some uh what's your online presence like what uh, twitter or twitch or youtube or whatever links you'd like to share uh so it's just twitch at angle of reason uh i uh i'm not that big of a streamer i average about five or six people but uh it's always a lot of fun. I, you know, I'm really about the social magic play and talking and taking advice and and battling other people. Uh, mm. uh, we started. I started on Twitch playing Shinobi Striker, and mm. uh, when it died, I was looking for anything and anything, and I happened upon Magic doing that. And then I kind of Twitch killed me when they came out with that featured streamer. Uh, I was kind of like. Oh, I just stopped getting views, like, mm -hmm. for anything. And so I went to Mixer. Mm -hmm. And Mixer's really where I built myself. And uh, we built my whole community that I have there. And so when Mixer went down, we really thought it was the death of us. Like, yeah. we were all, it's over. Everything we built is over. Like, only, like, ten people streamed magic on Mixer. And so, like, if you wanted magic, you had to come to me. Like, it was, mm -hmm. it was an untapped market. So I've been really shocked when we came back to Twitch and I pulled 25 people for the pre-release mm -hmm. for Magic. And it was just, it was like, how is this even possible? Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'll put your links into the show notes so more people can come and hang out with you while you stream. Uh, do you have like a schedule when, you, when you're active? I used to have a schedule, but uh, COVID kind of punched that schedule in the face. Mm -hmm. uh, because my daughter's not have school. And when we moved from Kansas to Virginia about six months ago, we we're trying to sell our house. And mm -hmm. so we moved into this tiny trailer. And so since there's no school, my husband's working from home, my daughter's at home. We're in like this little 700 foot trailer while we try to sell our house. And there's so much noise between yeah. the TVs, the running around that I really have to just pick whenever it's quiet to stream rather than like having a schedule lately. So it's mm -hmm. kind of just, whenever I can get in there right now. <laughs> okay. Well, at any point, even if it's not on a schedule, is a good time to play Magic, and so people should turn on their notifications so that they know when you're live. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. Well, as a first-time guest to the podcast, uh, let's get to know you a little bit. 
Um, so one of the first questions I ask people is how long have they been playing any form of magic, whether it's paper or digital? Uh, so I started playing at Ravnica. Uh, I uh, never played paper magic as a kid. Uh, I wanted to, but my parents thought Sailor Moon was evil, so they were never gonna <laughs> let they were never gonna let magic cards into the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like I said about when Shinobi Striker died, I started looking on the Alpha Beta Testers webpage for like games to play, and I happened to crawl on a post for Magic the Gathering in an open beta, mm-hmm. and I was like. It's really close to my anniversary. Why don't I play that game? And wouldn't it be a real shock for my husband if <laughs> for our anniversary he popped up and suddenly I knew how to play a game that he played through his whole childhood. <laughs> and uh, so it was kind of like an anniversary present for my husband that kind of turned into a present for myself. Yeah, the best kind. <laughs> and so uh, I'd never touched magic before the Ravnica block. Mm-hmm. Now this is the most recent Ravnica block that was just on on Arena, not not the previous Paper Magic uh, paper. That is correct. Oh, okay, cool. So that would be sometime around like uh, early 2019 or so, I guess, or late 2018, around that time maybe yeah. that you got into yeah, about it. About two years, about two years, yeah. Okay, so cool. Uh, you're, I, I get a variety of of, of people playing magic on this podcast that some started like way back in the 90s and then some that started when arena started and everywhere in between and some people that played this this ancient game called magic online so uh, i just have a variety of people coming to play so that's cool so then um arena is your is, is your is your entry into magic now side side note here have you heard like people are using like people are are are, are saying uh those that were playing before arena are known as boomers and those that started to play with arena are known as zoomers have you heard about that no that's kind of funny (laughs) every time max and joe start uh yelling at me i'm gonna start going okay boomer (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) there's always that like definition of 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 groups and like well boomer used to mean something else but now in magic you're a boomer if you started before arena and now you're a zoomer if you started after I love that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. So you started uh, Magic pretty recently. Now, uh, I'm not showing off or anything, but I did play Magic back in the 90s. Now, I don't have a Black Lotus. I don't have any of those valuable cards. I played between 1995 and 1999 or so. So that was when my high school was going on. And so I do have still those old paper cards. They're all totally beat up and not worth anything because we didn't have sleeves back then. So I get so, to refer to you as Boomer the rest of this episode now then? Of course, because that's <laughs> when I was, Well, we have to find even a term that's even older than that because pay, playing back in the 90s, that's got to be like, you know, ancient Boomer because it's even further further back then, right? Yeah. So I played back then, but I gave it up for a long time. So between twenty, between two thousand and two thousand seventeen, I, I never played it. I just still kind of knew that it existed. But then I got the bug to start playing it again. I took out my cards. I still had them in storage in twenty seventeen, and so I got back into Magic in twenty seventeen with the set Hour of Devastation, which is now back on Arena. So it all comes full circle, and uh, I got into the beta of Arena as well. And I've been playing also since twenty eighteen on Arena. So that's a little bit behind, that's a little bit about myself, where, where I came from, but isn't it cool to see that at all skill levels, at all times in a person's life, magic can can be there for someone and they can get into the game and uh, enjoy it in, in whatever ways possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a thing. It's I owe magic a lot at this point. I mean, all my friends that I socialize with, all the people online that bring me so much happiness, I have mm-hmm. met through magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a definite quality of life change. Uh, I, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom right now uh, because of my kid, and daycare is just so expensive. And mm-hmm. so, uh, it's just given so much more than than I've, uh, you know, taken from it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it because Magic, the name Magic the Gathering, it was designed for people to play one v one or in a group and so forth. And now, because we might not be able to gather in real life, we have digital ways to do it and. Like you said about your stream, you got like a big amount of people coming to check you out during the early access and you had your following on Mixer and like, let's keep that going. Let's keep the digital gathering of it all. Keep it going. Since coronavirus started, we started this thing in my Discord called uh, Drunk Fight Night <laughs> in which twice a month we get together and they play uh, 
let's beat Angle as hard as we can because every time I lose a 1v3 match versus them, I have to take a shot. And so the night just gets pro progressively, you know, funnier as the night goes. And like, like J Joe, who I met um, one night, me and Alter Boy, everybody else at fight night was over. They had all left. And mm. me and Alter Boy were like, we're going to go raid somebody. We're going to code raid somebody. We're going to do this. And like, we run into this random guy's stream and convince him to join our drunken selves inside our discord. <laughs> and so he's streaming and he pops into this discord with these two drunk peoples and we just like take over his stream. And like, he's like my best friend now. Mm -hmm. And so it's uh fight nights always delve into this crazy, insane thing. That's just, everybody looks forward to it. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. That's like, there's, to be honest, the world of content creators is saturated in terms of everyone's playing everything. And now that we're all in lockdown, we're playing even more. But what you're doing there sounds like one of the most unique things. I haven't heard people do that where, yeah, there's the Discord community that you build, but here you are making it unique in yours and with a little bit of alcohol. And by the way, what's, what, was the, what were the shots that you were taking? Tequila. Tequila. Okay, you're going straight for the for the hard stuff, shot after shot. And how many did you end up taking? Uh, I, I I generally slow down after like four or five shots. I grabbed beers because yeah. <laughs> I'm not about to like start throwing up on top of my computer on stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you go for? Silver or añejo, reposado? Like which kind of? I, I go for the the stuff that's got the uh, blue agave in it. Oh, okay. Because something about the natural balances of the sugars in blue agave uh, don't give you hangovers. Hmm. Yeah, I, th I think it also depends on a person. Like, I know someone that she uh, she can only really take Tito's vodka. Everything else is, like, a little too much for her and gives her headaches and such. But then give her some of that Tito's and she'll be fine. Dancing on the table. <laughs> So cool. Um, I gotta stop by by one of those uh, one of those drunk nights. Hopefully, it won't conflict with my own streaming. But uh, I think we're doing one Saturday night. I think we're doing one Saturday night this week. Mm -hmm. Okay, I gotta check my times and see and see how our time zones match up. But but cool. I'll I'll be on the lookout for it. So then, what would you what would you rank your skill level? Beginning, intermediate, advanced, somewhere in between. I'm probably at this point somewhere in intermediate. I've managed to hit the mythic ranks in mm -hmm. standard. I got as far as diamond one uh, with my own deck. Uh, I, and the, the real reason I've been held back is I really don't like net decking. Mm -hmm. I really like making my own decks. And I've kind of for the long time had that pompous attitude of I don't want to play what everybody else is playing. Mm -hmm. I, I, want, I want my own thing. And... I think I finally hit that intermediate stage when I finally hit that realization. Fine, I'm going to join everybody else. I'm done with that. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do it. And I've had a couple really good coaches. Um, and my problems in Magic right now where I'm still learning is uh, order of operations mess me up sometimes. Sure. And um, like... I was so proud of myself. Like, I was streaming yesterday and I was so proud of myself and I was talking with one of my friends and I was like, see, I dropped my land after my creatures. <laughs> and I was like, are you happy? I did that and nobody told me to. And then all of a sudden I was like, we're in a landfall deck and I'm just about to drop a landfall creature. This is what I get for listening to your guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I am. I, I've had a couple people that have played for a long time tell me that um, I, I'm getting up there. I'm not there yet, but um... yeah, it's a, it's a process, and uh, Magic is one of the most complex games out there. So everyone should be forgiven that oh, I played that wrong, and I played it out of sequence, and even people that have been playing for a while. Uh, you know, even the pros, they, from what I understand, they've got like, you know, a 60% win rate. And if you're going by grading 60%, that's a D, that's a D minus. But uh, even the pros have to uh, have to be completely mindful of everything that they do. <laughs> okay, so intermediate, very cool. Now, I would count someone that has made it up to Mythic as an advanced player, but, you know, we'll be humble. Uh, we'll say, yeah, I've made it to Mythic, no big, but I'm still intermediate. So, I, I would consider myself intermediate because I hit the wall with my own deck and I had to go uh, down with that stupid goblins deck to get there. Like <laughs> I, I hit my wall and I was just like, 
fine. If I can't beat them, I'll join them. And I downloaded the stupid Goblin's deck and <laughs> rampaged the rest of the way through Historic with it. Yeah. So that's why I'd give myself an intermediate <laughs> For me, I think that there's more skill in doing it yourself than just... I know a lot of people just download the decks, but that was a real wall for me for a long time. I just... I really didn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally understandable. I have I have the full spectrum of people on the podcast saying, like, uh, I just had a, a guest recently saying, you know, the uh, net decking shouldn't be a negative thing because X, Y, Z. And then other people say, yeah, net decking, net decking is bad because of X, Y, Z. So I think everyone's got the opinion. Everyone's got a valid opinion. It's just, you know, whatever you're trying to do with, with Arena, it's not a life and death thing. And- I think net decking is the reason for the increase in bans lately. I think mm-hmm. that so many people are wanting to win at all costs and then win as many matches as they can that they just keep downloading the meta decks and every time another meta deck takes over they download the other next meta deck mm-hmm. and it creates a situation in which though there's so many people playing that same deck that cards that shouldn't be banned are getting banned because mm-hmm. they're being played too much and so i think it's a problem that's perpetuating itself i i, I agree on that i think it is that when it is now that we're so connected to the internet um and we're able to download those decks that I do think that that can definitely perpetuate things. And uh, Rosla, a previous guest, and I were talking about this exactly, that like everyone just goes to get the best deck and like there's no diversity in the decks. And then we, we came upon the idea like, what if somehow the system was able to detect, oh, this is a deck that someone else has used. You don't advance one. You don't advance one rank. You know, you, you advance half a rank or something like that. I don't think they're going to do that, but uh, we we're just kind of... No, 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 no. That. <laughs> yeah but yeah that that is that is a concern and i myself like i also like to to make my own decks and i really like to focus on like tribal decks i play standard i play historic i play brawl i really like brawl in that that kind of feels like an open field a little bit more than trying to climb that ladder where everyone's at the same goal so i like to build decks that are very tribal like Maybe it's not the most powerful deck, but I built it. I got some wins. I had fun. My cat deck kind of won. It's not going to be tier or whatever, but I built it. But yes, I also succumbed to, well, let me see what is the hot deck. And yes, I also played the goblin deck. And uh, I didn't get to mythic, however, with it. I surprisingly, I don't think anyone's playing this deck, but I made a mono white Ulamog deck in historic. So it's basically a ton of mana rocks, a couple of board wipes. We have little Ugin. Um, which has the cost reduction to get to Big Ugin. And then there's also Ulamog at the 10 drop. And that got me to Mythic and I streamed it. So there's proof that this weird jank deck actually did it without having to be one of the tier decks. Well, it's even it's a funny thing. Um, uh, so Ugin became a meme in inside my stream in that uh, one night when we were having drunk fight night, um, my husband <laughs> and I were playing against each other and he dropped an Ugin against me and I just screamed out, Husbands don't play Ugins against their wives. And like <laughs> one of the other people in my Discord turned it into a song. And he's been every night, no- every night he starts out, Husbands don't play Ugins against their wives. <laughs> it's become a whole. I'm a real social magic gamer. And uh, that's kind of fun stuff you'll get when you wander into my stream. Yeah. Well, that sounds really fun that you, you have such talented people. Making making memes, making unique in jokes about about your your own community. That that's really fun. But I totally agree. Husbands should not play such a bad card against their wives. <laughs> my, my husband just heard it. He's just sitting over here rolling his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is uh, what is. What is a, a card at the moment that you're enjoying? Um, maybe not a tier card or whatever, but just a card that you like to play for for the memes of it, for the art of it, for the for what it does, or for whatever reason. I believe we already talked about this. It's uh, the love of my life right now is is Vito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, if anybody listening here likes to do art, I am hardcore looking for some you know real buff artwork of me and Vito getting married. i'll pay for it (laughs) will you make that your avatar in every social media platform if if someone makes that i could yeah it's uh it's i need it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so then what what like how do you like to combo or how do you like to use veto in a in a historic standard brawl deck or like how do you like to put veto into decks i had real fun with him in this 
deck I call Judgment in Standard with uh, the Indulging Partitioner, uh, mm -hmm. Vito, and the Griffinery. I just love throwing uh, Revitalize and taking six, six life from them, gaining three life for myself, and getting a 2-2 flyer for two mana. Mm -hmm. uh, I've just, I, I want my way through, through the diamond with that deck. Mm -hmm. And then there's always Gary or Gray. Yeah. Uh, it's always fun to uh, double whap somebody with Gary and Vito. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. <laughs> Do you like then uh, sort of like life gain and life drain strategies in, in yes. your own brews? I do seem, seem to focus pretty heavy on uh, the life drain. I like mm -hmm. uh, getting something more than just taking away from the person. <laughs> mm -hmm. What what colors then? Um, black and white, or orzhov, or mono black, or like what colors do you like to play then? Uh, I've got a mono white life gain deck uh, mm -hmm. that's just got literally as much life gain as you can get in there. I've got uh, my black veto deck, uh, and then I've got my black white judgment deck, and those are the mm -hmm three cards i've got a nice historic uzi deck that i've been making <laughs> which i'm excited to put uh to get the that new card from uh zendikar rising the swarm scoot swarm yeah i'm so excited to get that scoot swarm in there because i've got rias in that deck <laughs> and so i i can't wait to like quadruplicate clones of tokens <laughs> <laughs> I saw so many people trying well we we created our own meta when we when we played the early access event didn't we and I saw a lot of people were trying to get that scoot swarm working and I think I played against Nisa Meow Meow and she like did some amazing deck that yeah there were so many of those little bugs out so fast with those lotus cobras and then that one elemental Ashaya or Ayesha or something whatever it's called that one tree elemental and that uh, those those bugs people are loving those bugs. Mm -hmm. So, and then that that with the biomechanical ooze with mm -hmm. the new oozes that is out. Oh, mm -hmm. it's going to be fun. <laughs> I think ooze tribal is coming together in standard. Perhaps is is biomechanical ooze still standard? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm still I'm still thinking like that we're in the current standard, but it just rotated, so we gotta adjust our thinking. I've gotta adjust my thinking that we we we're missing a lot of new we're missing a lot of our pieces now, in standard. Yeah, I think it's a historic only deck right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think all my decks are pretty much historic now because uh, it was a big shakeup <laughs> that we just had. Yep, and I love that it's a cleric too. So I'm looking forward to against some cleric tribal with veto mm -hmm. uh, i think it, I, I think with the new zendikar mechanic of party you can also get a little bit of advantage there uh there's a couple of life life gain life drain uh vampire clerics in uh zendikar rising so get veto in on that party and you have uh you have even more action he's just so versatile i mean I, I, he was my first big triumph in magic like i didn't really know that infinite combos were a thing or that existed because i don't really go around and watch videos on how to play magic i'm a real practical player and i mm -hmm. I've, I've done most of my training aside from the few people that have mentored me um just through personal play and mm -hmm. i figured out the exquisite blood and veto combo mm -hmm. i was like on top of the world like i thought i created a whole new thing like it's an infinite combo i got like i was like nuts about it like and then i was like oh everybody already knew about this but i'm <laughs> so proud of myself for thinking about it not everyone of course because remember when you came to my stream and i thought i was about to pull it off but whoops it was the wrong cards yeah i know it's one of those tricky the wording on that was tricky to make yeah. you think that it was going to work and then once you really look at it like three or four times you're like oh no they're the same trigger yeah <laughs> so i like to play um i also like to pull uh, to put uh, black in my decks I, I i either like mono black decks and i also shout out to Vito. i also uh, i think i have a brawl deck with him and maybe one standard deck or so so i like mono black gray merchant is in a deck or two 
uh, or I like to go with Orzhov, so black and white, because I like that synergy that also happens with some life gain. I also like some life gain strategies. Or I like to go with uh, Demir, so black plus blue, and sometimes throw in some really mean counter spells plus the drain and such. So it looks like we're both sort of along the same mindsets of a black is one of our favorite colors, uh, along with white. Mm-hmm. So, um... Do you have any cool, fun, weird moments that come to mind that have happened on Arena? Maybe you had a, a very cool win or a very cool loss or anything in between. I have a very stubborn win. Um, so I was up playing. I told my husband I was going to play one or two more matches in Standard uh, before I went to bed. And I got mm-hmm. into this match with that Goblins deck I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about turn four, the dude drops nine lives. And I'm sitting here pompous. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got like 20, 20 goblins, dude. That nine lives ain't gonna save you. Mm. And then he drops Solemnity. Ah. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, I can't win. And then I was like, you know what? I'm still gonna go for it. And so I, I create like 20 goblins and I hit them with like 40 goblins. It doesn't do anything. But I noticed that the animation on Solemnity has to make that animation for literally every goblin. <laughs> and so I call up my friend um he's uh Joe Cherries, he's with the nitpicking nerds, and I'm like, dude, you gotta come over here and see this match. I think I'm gonna try to break arena. He's like, What? <laughs> and so a an hour into this match, <laughs> this other guy hasn't quit. Uh I was like, I'm gonna win, but he's gonna quit. I'm gonna win, you know, because he didn't seem to have any board wipes. Mm-hmm. in the match so i'm making a thousand goblins a turn mm-hmm. a thousand goblins i attack him with it it takes 25 minutes for solemnity to ping the animation <laughs> for every one of those goblins and all of a sudden as i'm sitting here i i wasn't streaming but my obs Streamlabs was still up and the guy i'm fighting gives me a follow on twitch <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's still there. He and at this point, he's like, dude, I want to see what happens. And yeah. so next turn, I tap out and make 2,500 goblins, <laughs> <laughs> and that almost breaks arena. And then at some point, after an hour later, as I'm, we're still waiting for the system to be capable of registering the fact that it's got a ping solemnity, <laughs> you know, three thousand times for the three thousand goblins. Arena finally airs out and makes the match a draw, and I'm like. <laughs> it took two and a half hours, but I did not lose. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty fun. So you had Krenko really doing doing work, calling even more and more goblins. Then, yes, it was it was a uh, uh, it was worth a laugh. I can know it was one of those things. Of who's really going to sit there? And then Joe, Joe was just like, "Well, why are you just sitting here for three? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that that's like I think Arena has has either given us like very short attention spans, like, oh, this game is not going well, concede, go to the next one, or has given us a very stubborn streak about, no, I'm going to sit through this, I'm going to get this done, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, that's the most recent one that I can think of. I'm sure there have been plenty, plenty of other ones, but that's the one that, that stands mm-hmm. out the most. I was, I don't know, I was really stubborn that night. Mm-hmm. Well, something that stood out for me, it's not even like from real gameplay, but I was playing, um, I was playing uh, 1v1. I did direct challenge with uh, with Toad Boy, uh, someone on my Discord, and we, we were just playing our decks and he was playing kind of a really weird, interesting meme deck. And for whatever reason, Arena timed out. And I know, I know what the reason was, because we were playing on the day that the update happened. So everyone was having problems but what happened was it kind of froze on my end and you know we were we were still able to chat in the little in-game chat system and i was telling him whoops i'm frozen let me try to restart i'll be right back so i turned off arena i did i I did a force quit on it and then i came back into arena and it automatically brought me back to the game but it suddenly switched to the fabled secret developers screen the screen that only wizards of the coast employees can see have you heard about this i did hear about that i saw a screenshot of it how that's interesting yeah Yeah, so i 
I, I don't know how much we can talk about this because it's like, you know, behind the scenes information at Wizards of the Coast, even though they acknowledge that some people got into the screen, I don't know how much we're able to say about it. But this screen had like so many options and like all the behind the scenes about what Arena is. I couldn't actually do anything. I could see things, but I couldn't do anything. I saw that there's an option there that you can change what mulligan rule you want. You can turn off the mulligan. You can go to the current London mulligan. You can go back to the Vancouver mulligan. And I think there was even one more. So it's like, that's the most interesting thing I've seen on Arena. But it was just a bug that got me into the secret developer screen where I saw behind the matrix of Arena. Oh, yeah. That's, that could be a good thing or a bad thing for Arena. I think that uh, it could make people excited for the options of gameplay that they have coming. But on the other hand, it could pick people off that they don't already have those options. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone else mentioned on my Discord about, yeah, I heard about that. And apparently there's an option to check on or off called stack the deck. So people think like that's the that that confirms the conspiracy that the shuffler is is out to get you and so forth. There's a check mark. And I thought, well, it's just named that. I don't no one knows what it does. No one except Wizards employees. And they're and they've got a sworn blood oath that they cannot reveal that stuff. So um, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see behind the scenes of it all, but I think people are just a little too quick to jump on conspiracy theories or... I just you know. kind of wish that there was no shuffler uh, in regards to ranked matches. I think that uh, you enter a match and you're a rank, you fight just a random person in that rank, that they shouldn't even consider what decks are being coming to play. But just... Yeah. just because I've, I've, I don't know, I've had that problem before where it's like I win six matches in a row. Like, I'll be nonstop. I'll win, like, six matches. And all of a sudden I'll go, nope, you've won enough. And then, like, <laughs> you'll lose, like, ten matches. And you're like, like, if you don't switch up your deck every, like, six ga games or so, like, if, sometimes it feels like you're getting personally punished for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, I know they're not. But it just sometimes yeah. it feels that way. <laughs> yeah, I do also. I... I always read the sort of like the release notes about here's our latest patch and here's what we've done. And I remember way back a year or more ago, they would include in there about like, we've made changes to the, you know, the matchup system. And I don't recall them mentioning anything like that for several months, maybe more than a year. So who knows if like they perfected it, quote unquote, to a certain point, And now they're not even touching that because they've got so many other things to worry about. And I really feel exactly like you, that if you don't change up your deck every once in a while, it just feels like you're getting matched up in weird ways. I really think it should be. I'm I'm gold, so okay, match me up against a gold player. Don't try to do calculations about what kind of deck do I have and what deck do they have, because sometimes I feel like, oh, of course they I'm playing a deck that, it, that has main deck graveyard hate, and my deck is graveyard based. Like, how does that even happen if it's supposed to be random? And it's not random. It, like, does, it does feel like for as many de deck types that there are, for as many, you know, everything that there is out there, there's just way too often that you're in a match, especially in standard, in which the other person has exactly what they need to defeat your deck. Like yeah. the exact cards they need is right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree on that. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure it's the perception of like, you know, negative things stick out more in our minds than positive things, because I'm sure that we have been the person like, of course, our deck is the one that is totally going to defeat yeah, the opponent. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's some cool things that have happened to us on Arena. Um, if you consider yourself more towards the intermediate range of of playing Magic, what advice would you give to people that are just starting in in Magic? You know, now that we're, we're stuck at home and we can't really play paper like before and Arena is enticing to people, what would you say to brand new players of the game? I think I would just say to surround yourself with people that are more experienced than you. Um, uh, it was a funny story once is a, a friend of mine, um, I'm going to promote him because I, I really think he's a hidden golden gem in the magic uh, sector that I swear as soon as he's found, he's going to blow up. And his name is uh, Max Combo. He knows the game with such intricate detail. I can just sit in his stream and he only has like one or two people that watch him and he knows how every card interacts with every card. He's... He just posted a draft in my Discord. He went 7-0 in a draft, and he's mm. mythically qualified. Mm. And so that's how good at draft that he is, is that he can go undefeated while sitting at mythic rank. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I had a stream once where he was coaching me in draft. He came into my stream and was helping me with the interactions of cards and which cards were good and which cards were bad and basically did a one-for-one one drop in all of Arena. Mm. And the, I had this guy, it was the first time he'd ever been in my stream, come in when it was over and like, hey, come on, fight me, fight me, let's <laughs> fight me right now. And I was just like, oh, okay, you know, he came into the Discord, we, we, we chatted and we started fighting. And after like three matches where I beat him, he goes, what what is what is going on here and i was just like what do you mean you're supposed to be a crappy noob <laughs> who told you i was a crappy noob the other guy was telling you how to do and teaching you how to play the game. and i was just like no that's just how he teaches that's just the the way he does and like and it dawned on me that this dude thought he'd found an easy target of somebody uh. ramp all over and got mad when he realized that i wasn't some new player who'd never touched the game before Hmm. Yeah, he he mistook the generosity of the other player, giving you his thought process and and all of that. And I guess he just this this challenger just thought like, yeah, I'm gonna get some easy easy wins or whatever. But I think that's some very good advice about surrounding yourself with people that that are good. And and I hope uh, he does blow up because it does sound like, uh, yeah, winning, getting to mythic and so forth in in draft and going undefeated. That is very impressive. Uh, yeah, I would. Rec- I'm. I'm gonna totally recommend you talk to him. If he just, I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It's just that he has such an analytical brain and can, like, I don't know how many times that I've been sitting here watching him and he's like, they're gonna play this card and then the person pops up that card because his brain works in such a way of deductive analysis mm-hmm. to eliminate what cards they must have in their deck based what he's seen before. And he's really good at pinpointing what they have in their hand, what they've got in their mm-hmm. graveyard. I, I mean, it's just phenomenal. And watching him and interacting with him, as long as I have, uh, has made me the player that I am. And mm-hmm. he's the only reason I've probably reached that intermediate level. Is mm-hmm. I've just, <laughs> I you know, I've, I I'm so grateful to you know all the people that I've I've surrounded myself with, and it's magic has become a community i mean we're like a family in there and mm-hmm. it's it's i don't know how to explain it i know it's, it's something i don't think a lot of people have in magic is a magic family online yeah and i recommend it so much yeah that's that's again going back to the gathering out of it gathering of it all and here is like the best case scenario here's the dream scenario maybe one day all of you there in the in the discord family will see each other in a real life magic event when when the world is a uh, is safe again <laughs> yeah i mean it's a plan i know that there's a couple that don't live too far from me that uh you know, and, and, and it's just, I, I really like going around through the small streamers. In fact, I don't stream as often as I should because I just spend so much time going around into other streams and learning from other people. And um, it's it's just been pretty good. Mm-hmm. So on the other side of the coin, uh, when you were first starting off to play Magic, what advice would you have liked to have gotten early on? Um, I think a lot of the advice I think I might have that's really hard man that's <laughs> looping a question like that i ask uh, i ask the hard-hitting questions on this podcast <laughs> uh you know it's just it's so long ago it's i think that um saving your money and draft uh people who i think drafting uh is so much better than just buying packs and trying to conduct decks because i think you're gonna I learned how to play the set. I learned how to play the cards just by doing like, I don't even bother like going through and reading all the cards that are going to be released because you really, a card can say all at once, but until you've actually seen it interact with all the other cards that are there, Mm -hmm. uh, what it says could look so perfect, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be practical in use. Mm -hmm. And so I really like just diving into draft blind for a new set and just start drafting and playing hmm. and see how they're drafting and how and it makes for deck crafting a lot easier and you're going to get more value out of arena i think in cards and value just from drafting even if you're bad at draft hmm. uh, than just buying packs i think that's very good advice um i think for new players 
they probably do play constructed right away and maybe they shouldn't jump on the ladder right away until they get used to the game but i think draft i think would be a good way to for a lot of beginners to play to start playing with because they get a sense of the cards it seems that magic boosters are mostly designed for draft and so if you play optimally that way in terms of i'm going to learn the new cards i'm going to build my card collection and i might not win but i'm going to learn the game so yeah i think that's a good way uh to start off as a beginner and i think it puts you on a more even playing field when you first start too because uh all the people you're playing don't have an infinite card list and yeah. so you 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 have the same amount of cards you have the opportunity to get the same cards and it's not like you're playing with the beginning cards where they give you like those 60 card decks that are just so beginner that they're almost worthless and playing against somebody who's got every card in the game in standard yeah that's a very good point as well uh us that we've been playing and been accumulating a card pool that that's right when you first start magic they do give you some cards but they're not tier of course but yeah everyone's on a, on a level level playing field if they go into draft mm -hmm. Well, what is something about magic, either the game itself, the uh, a recent set or cards or the company or the community or whatever that you'd like to improve about things? Mm, like to improve on with magic. I think I think that they take too long to ban cards. Uh like they wait until they're almost completely out of standard rotation to finally ban them and by the time did they get around to deciding to ban cards? Uh, they've already done their damage to the format. Uh, like, there's Uro. Uro's gonna get banned. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they are waiting until he's not useful anymore in Standard, and it'll probably be the next Mystic Championship, in which Uro ramps through it. And ramps. They always wait till after <laughs> the championship. Like, you always see a ban list come out, like, the day after a championship. <laughs> When it was already going to be banned in the market. Yeah, and like my husband just said, is that Time Raveler didn't get banned until it was at a standard in, like, what, 10 days? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it really affects, like, I know so many people that are just screaming, ban Earl, ban Earl, yeah. ban Earl, get him out of the format, because you need, what, three cards to get rid of him? Yeah. <laughs> you need to warp your deck around that card, and that's the definition of ban-worthiness, that if the whole meta is warp is warping around the one card, they had to take out Oko because two-plus abilities that did amazing things, and then you had to... What, what else got banned? You had, uh, oh, like Nexus of Fate and such, and when you're spending so much effort just to deal with one or two cards, that's, that's a ban-worthy offense. Mm -hmm. And they're just, they, they take their time. And, like, you know what's going to happen. Just do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that they spend more time making people upset by waiting so long uh, than they are appeasing people because they're getting the easy wins. Yeah. I agree on that. I think because if we're focused so much on digital magic at the moment, there's no excuse to be uh, not a little bit swifter with the ban hammer. And people will argue, of course, that well, these cards have value, and people are trying to learn a deck, but when it warps the whole format, they, they should just be a little bit more proactive about it. And I don't and, think they've adjusted to the difference in the meta for the game with Arena versus Paper. Yeah. Um, sure, you know, in Paper Magic, it could take you an hour to play what you can play on Arena in 15 minutes. Yeah. And uh, having to be able to find people and go to the shop and leave your house... You just couldn't play decks at a quick enough rate to break the game the way that you can with Arena. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're having a problem with people are breaking their game too quickly. Breaking yeah. cards just the moment they're out, they're already found a way to break them. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if maybe they need to pay a little more attention when they're creating the cards or if... I don't know. I don't know. It's... Yeah, I, I, it's a very difficult... It's a conundrum because they have their team of people creating the cards, testing the cards, whatever. But then there's the whole hive mind of the global internet that we're trying to play and break these cards. And there's some that are yeah, even more... As soon as they release the set release, when it's not even available on Arena yet, they've already created a deck that'll break it. Yeah. 
theory crafting it without touching anything at all about it people are already breaking it so yeah that's that's our reality now where this where this game that's 27 years old and 99 percent of its life was in paper now that it's so much in digital we maybe see some of the cracks in the facade unfortunately but you know it's been around 27 years i'm sure it'll be a long i'm sure it'll be around still a lot longer they just need to maybe pivot towards the the digital aspect of things Oh, I think Arena is their future, and I think they know it. Uh, they wouldn't be spending as much time as they are making the mobile apps so you could play it on yeah. the phone. Um, and I think that's where a lot of their attention is at right now. I think we're going to get a lot more of the tweaks and stuff that we're looking for once they get that mobile app out. <laughs> um, I I think that they're, they're, they want to get it out so fast, and that's what they're spending a lot of their time on right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to see the very first TikTok videos of people complaining that their um, that their iPhone is blazing hot because they had so many scoots on the screen at once. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna be fun. You have easy breaking <laughs> breaking phones rather than breaking arena. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that's gonna be fun. Well, on a more positive side, what is one thing if you can narrow it down? What is one thing you you love about magic? Uh. I think it's uh it's got a creative outlet. It's got a um there aren't a lot of things you can do in modern life with COVID and stuff that lets you do a lot of critical thinking. You know, a lot of games that are out there are point and click and point and shoot and you know, COD and all the other games out there. Fortnite, they don't they don't have a lot of thinking. It's just mm-hmm. play the game and I think that's one of the rings that Among Us is doing as well as it is. It's because it's intellectually challenging. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the best. I think that magic has to offer is is you'll never stop learning. You'll never stop thinking. You'll never stop uh, integrating new card ideas and new deck ideas. And there's just it does not end. Yeah, it's it's you might have a deck that you've crafted that you'll play forever and ever and ever. But then I'm sure there'll be cards that will come out that will make you think, hmm, what if I add this brand new card or think of a brand new interaction? Or there's a brand new card that they release that now creates an infinite combo. So even if you if you stick with something, there's always something that changes with magic. And if you open yourself up to it, I think you will always be surprised by it and always have something interesting to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree with that sentiment. <laughs> Well, it's hard to believe, but there are more hobbies out there than just magic. So what is one non-magic hobby that you're also into? Uh, I, I, I think that my most of my life, the hobby that I've had, the two hobbies I've had are, it would be debate, policy debate through all high school and college mm-hmm. and profit work with it. And poker are kind mm-hmm. of why I'm struggling in magic now, because they're both... Um, hobbies and things that require impulsive immediate responses and poker you want to react as quickly as you can and get it done as fast as you can so you have less tells and you don't give the other people time to react to what you're doing mm-hmm. and, it, and it's the same with debate is you only have moments to respond to the people around you and you know so much multitasking is going on that i kind of was taking the same approach with arena take as little time in my turn as i possibly can so that the other person has to for best of threes now that they've added that timer mm-hmm. it's almost working to my advantage because by drop 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 done not taking any time at all it's forcing the opponent to do their thinking on their time and not mine yeah and yeah. i've timed a bunch of people out doing that i've won a lot <laughs> of games in best of three by people timing themselves out in the third game Ah. Yeah, that's integrating. That's interesting how you're saying that about integrating those real life hobbies with with uh, with magic. Um, how long have you been into how you said you know debate and and those real life hobbies? I did policy debate all four years of high school. I went on a full ride scholarship to my community college for it, oh. and, I, and I worked with a volunteer agency called Debate Kansas City uh, when. Kansas City removed their elective programs and got rid of debate in all the mm-hmm. schools. Uh, UMKC let them create a nonprofit through their college debate program as a feeder into UMKC to create an urban debate league. Mm-hmm. And so I would go around and teach teachers who were volunteering to have teams on 
with without being compensated and teach them how to teach debate. I would go host, you know, lesson plans for students who are more advanced. I would hold seminars on topics or mm -hmm. help with tournament styles. And I didn't get to do as much as I wanted with, with the organization because they were like 45 minutes away. Mm -hmm. But anytime I could get there, I, I was there working with them. And I think that debate altered my life. Without debate, uh, I don't think I'm the person that I am. I had really bad ADHD, and uh, debate gave me a means to focus and mm -hmm. and taught me how to uh, organize my thoughts and taught me I, – I didn't want a single match my first two years of debate. Mm -hmm. And then, like, all of a sudden, everything that I learned just clicked my junior year in high school, and I went to state my junior and senior year. Mm -hmm. College debate wasn't for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Too hardcore? Uh, no, people were cheating. They got lazy. Uh, uh, so one of the things about policy debate that I loved is that there's a new topic every year. And they, uh, it's a way to learn. Like, I know more about corn subsidies than I should ever know in <laughs> my life. But people, college kids got lazy and didn't want to do the work. And so they started running anti-capitalism, Nietzsche, Heidegger, um, <laughs> They started running theoretical arguments oh. to, uh, like, we can't approve the policy that's being put forward because it exists within a capitalist environment. Capitalism <laughs> itself is flawed, and this is why capitalism sucks. Da, 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 da. Uh, so as long as this plan exists within a capitalist system, don't vote for it. And you could run that on both sides. Like, <sighs> then they get up there on the affirmative and go, Capitalism is bad. No plan that we would release would work within a capitalist system. So we're not going to give you a plan. <laughs> so, so sort of like arguing the foundation of things, not the thing. Yes. And uh, I just, I, it was no fun for me. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Well, um, putting aside the college experience, it sounded like debate was very valuable to you. And also how you said you were kind of giving back to to the younger generation i think critical thinking is a very important thing in a society and not just being complacent and letting things happen to you and you thinking about things and reasoning things out i think that's very important for a healthy society so thank you for what you've done for you know the to give back to the community to the youth and hopefully you've most likely you have also positively affected a whole other generation and what i don't know i'm just saying that i have a 10 year old daughter and uh you know uh she's approaching that age and uh we're slowly getting her into the nerd my husband's been working the angle he he, <laughs> he cheated, cheated he he started watching angry video game nerd while she was stuck at home all summer <laughs> and like she got drawn in he like started by like using the like these are the broken games and like she was like laughing at all the the glitches and then he went to buying a cracked Wii that had all the games that they had watched on Angry Video Nerves on it and now they're playing them together so we're working on that uh, <laughs> yeah, the next generation drawing her into our side of the nerd <laughs> yeah that's really fun it's really fun when, you're, when your offspring can follow in your footsteps especially in the fun stuff that you like Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's uh, she wants to stream, and I tried to. I let her stream for a little bit, and she was really good at it. She's better at it than me. Uh, <laughs> she uh, immediately pulled more viewers than me, but then there's always that fear of, are they pedophiles? Is that why she yeah. pulled more viewers than me? But mm. she's got the personality for it, and she's the reason I started streaming. Uh, mm. She came to me and asked if she could stream Roblox, and I'm like, stream, stream what? I didn't even know what Twitch was. Yeah, and I was like. <laughs> on stream what and then i looked up and found twitch and i was like oh well that's kind of cool i didn't know you could do that well i better figure out how to do this in case she wants to do this because and so i had to figure out how to stream i had to learn obs studios i had to learn stream labs uh so that if she really wanted to do it she could do it and so you know she's the only reason i stream now mm-hmm yeah, it's always the younger generation dragging us old timers into the new into the new ages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Angle, as we wind down, um, final thoughts on magic, on the early access streamer event, on anything at all. 
I don't know. I, I I consider myself a fun person to watch play Magic. I If you're looking for the player that's like going to win every match, that's going to um, know everything about the game, I got some people I can point you to for that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're looking for a good time, you're looking for some laughs, you're looking for some stupid stuff to happen on the stream, you're look, looking to yell at me for doing stupid things... <laughs> Then I would advise uh, coming to my Discord and you know add a new member to our family. Um, mm-hmm. We 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 do all kinds of things from the drunk fight nights to uh, we do community watchings. Like we watch as a community the new Zendikar pre-release video. Um, mm-hmm. We uh, have you know free codes and prizes and giveaways. And I've got a a sponsor. Um, he is Game Quest Incorporated. He's my local game store. And he opens up so many packs to sell on the TCG player, so he gets all those codes. So he gives me access to like the deck packs, the six-card packs, the the bundle packs, and I've got so many promo codes to hand out, so you will get free stuff if you come see me. <laughs> Very cool. So there's the incentive of Watching some gameplay and also winning some stuff, so I think that's one of the best, uh, one of the best kinds of streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and I, your stream was very entertaining. I'd recommend you <laughs> go check out his stream as well. Uh, you're releasing some free stuff on today, tonight. Yes, actually. So, thank you, Wizards of the Coast, for giving me the invitation to be a uh, featured content creator today on Friday, September twenty fifth. They actually gave me a few gems and a few uh, booster packs on Arena to to play. Uh, to play on Arena, but I've also got things I'm giving away. I'm actually giving away some real-life booster packs of Zendikar Rising uh, on my stream, so at one, starting at 1 p.m. Pacific time until question mark, I'm going to be giving away um, real Zendikar cards to people on my stream, so people can come hang out on my YouTube or my Twitch, and we'll have some fun playing some games and giving away some stuff. Fun stuff, free stuff. I will promote you in my Discord. I will let everybody know where to go to get the free stuff because they like free stuff. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much on that. Definitely. That's how you entice people. Like everything, everything is like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll play some games of magic, but you also get some free stuff. So it's a win 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 situation. So what I did is I went in eBay and I was Skyping out those um, gigantic commander cards that they have. No. Oh. And somebody had a bundle of 100 of them up for sale for like 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, I'm going to steal that. And I bought it now. And so I'm starting to give those away in my giveaways, too. Like those giant oversized commander cards. And it's like 50 cents to mail out. So, Yeah, that's the thing about, I think if a person wants to grow as a content creator, you have to go beyond just what everyone else is doing which is yeah it's easy to turn on you know, not to disparage anyone but obviously it's it's e- quote unquote easy to turn on obs or whatever and be live but that extra step that you're taking there that's really cool it wasn't even that expensive to get uh, all of those oversized commander cards and to mail them out to people and to have that connection about we're not just you know friends online i'm i'm on i'm actually in the real world and i'm mailing you something in appreciation for being for being a fan for being there Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know it's and they give it back to you. Like I didn't expect anybody to hand me any money on my pre-release stream. I've never asked anybody to sub to me. I mm-hmm. I, I sub to all of my other people's, and uh, I made more money on that stream than I spent on the stuff that I handed out. And yeah. like, I didn't even expect that. Like I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't even have like the donation goal thing up on my stream. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I've never asked, and it's just it's. It's yeah. been a blessing to, to what's happened lately, and it's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It really shows the the good nature of of this community. When you build up a good community, everyone playing the game that they like and being part of it, you really see the best of people shine. Yes. Well, Angle, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If you enjoyed this experience, perhaps we'll have you back again, and we'll talk even more magic. That sounds good. I'm going to send some people your way. I'm going to flood you with, with <laughs> that you're going to be so busy with podcasts. You ain't going to know what to do with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I've already done like 90 episodes. I'm glad to do 900 more. <laughs> we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to set you up. Uh, I, I know I appreciate it. It's the first podcast I've ever done. Um, it's a new experience for me. I was really anxious and 
You're very easy to talk to. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I'll put it all in the notes, but uh, just uh, give your link one more time on your on your uh, Twitch. It's Angle of Reason on Twitch. It's right. uh, Angle, not Angel. Make sure you spell that L-E, not E-L. Yes. Angle of Reason, so keep that in mind. People, don't go to the other person's account. You don't know what you're going to see there. <laughs> Poop videos. That's what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> that's not reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's funny. This has been VM Campos. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and I'll see you in the arena.